Sid Scott. Sid is a principal with Toronto Consulting Services. He has over 25 years' experience in design, construction, research, and training. He's a graduate of the University of, Missis- of uh, Pennsylvania in Delaware and is registered professional engineer in both states. He has expertise regarding specifications, procurement, and contracting methods, and he has served as the principal investigator for five different NCHRP research projects. So please welcome Sid Scott. I'm going to talk uh, about an ongoing project, so not so much about our findings at this point in time, but as you can see from the the first slide, it deals with SHARP, and for those of you who have been around a few years, you probably remember back to a program called SHARP-1, which was actually done back in the late 80s and 90s. Uh, The SHARP-2 program kicked off about, I would say, a year and a half ago, and we were fortunate enough to get one of the uh, projects in the renewal area, so I'm going to talk about our project and give you a little background on performance specs. Uh, one of the, the things that we do in the industry as a company is to help agencies, uh, some of which are in the southeast region and all over the country, in revising and writing specifications. And so we kind of got into this area through that, but this project uh, had. For this project, we have a very large team of uh, academics and consultants and folks from virtually all over the country working on this for us. We're, we're just into the phase. Uh, we just finished the phase one, and we're kicking off phase two, so I'm going to kind of give you an, an update of where we are and also a little background uh, before I go into the details of, of the project itself. What are performance specifications? And we developed this as part of a a working group. There was a working group through the Federal Federal Highway Administration called the Performance Specification Technical Working Group, for lack of a better word. But that that group uh, was operating, I guess, for about 10 years in the mid-90s until recently. uh, It's it's sort of dormant right now, but a lot of the people in that group are are involved in some way in the SHARP program uh, and what we're doing now. And as a result of that, there was something called a performance spec roadmap. This is some, these are some things from that. But what are performance specs fundamentally? It's uh, the phrase, tell me what you want, but don't tell me how to do it, is probably the best way to describe it. And it, it definitely shifts more responsibility over to the contractor. It's goal or results oriented. The, the, the concept of life cycle cost is more a part of it in the sense that uh, you may look at options uh, from a best value perspective if you're uh, selecting a contractor. So we see the concept of best value in procurement, particularly in design build and some of the things Florida is doing now. certainly use that. It doesn't dictate how except for essential needs or functions. So you may have some prescriptive requirements in a performance spec system, but generally you try to get away from prescribing exactly how to do something in a specification. It certainly promotes innovation in the industry. It rewards better than the minimum of outcomes. So these are some of the, I would say, higher-level goals that have come out of the performance spec initiatives over the past 15 or 20 years. In in terms of the actual initiatives in the U.S., right now we see, and, and some of this has come over from, from uh, concepts in Europe or contracts in Europe that have been implemented. Performance-based maintenance is one area, and that's being 
being experimented with to some extent in this country. Uh, we see it in Virginia. We've seen it in, in D.C. and some other states are looking at it as well in the maintenance area or have. Warranty contracting, uh, that's certainly been around for a while in, in different forms. And that's something we're looking at as part of our SHARP program now, design, build, and public-private partnerships. Again, Brian mentioned that uh, design, build program in Florida, which has been around probably longer than most, certainly among the, the DOT folks. Highways for Life is an initiative through the Federal Highway Administration. Again, I'm involved in that, or was involved in, in the performance contracting framework part of it. And there are workshops ongoing now as part of that program that are being rolled out to look at ways to structure performance requirements or specifications into contracts. And last but not least, our SHARP-2 Rapid Renewal Performance Specification Program that is looking at, I would say, developing kind of a, a set of guide specifications, guidelines, a guidebook probably is as good a way to describe it as any, for agencies to use in different uh, application areas whether it be asphalt pavements or concrete pavements or structures, geotech. We're looking at virtually all the areas that you might see in a standard spec book and trying to determine whether we can apply performance requirements to them. So it's a pretty broad program in that sense. I mentioned the strategic roadmap. Uh, there are five basic questions that, that came out of that uh, initiative. What do we want? How do we order it? How do we measure what we ordered? How do we know we got what we ordered? And ultimately, what do we do if we don't get what we ordered? Those are the questions you might ask also for any kind of a specification for that matter. But it's, it's a matter of how you structure it and, and how you set those requirements in a specification that determines whether it's performance or not. you got to look at goals. Uh, project goals are important and, and also high-level goals. And we, as part of our research, are trying to rank those. And here are some of them. I just throw them out that we've we are looking at now as part of our research in the area of safety and traffic management, congestion reduction, uh, innovation through alternate designs or materials, long-term performance. Uh, those are high-level goals. Project goals may be time savings, cost reduction, quality, traffic management, the same kinds of things but applied to specific project conditions, if you will. How do we order it? We see uh, not just price-driven procurements nowadays, we're seeing more price and other factors weighed into the, to the procurement decision. And particularly in the design-build arena, we see it through some kind of a, either a formula or some judgment that, that's applied that uh, determines whether the higher price is worth the additional value that you get in a procurement. And that's certainly not the traditional low-bid environment that most of our projects are, are uh, sold under. This is more the design, build, public-private partnership, and some of the alternative approaches we're using to contracting today. <coughs> some considerations uh, in, in looking at that is, can the work be described in terms of an end result requirement, whether it be smoothness, strength, and durability, which we see in pavements. Aesthetic features may apply to bridges, time and safety for, for entire projects, which can include a lot of components. Other considerations, are, are there multiple means and methods or alternatives for ch achieving the results? And that goes somewhat to the innovation uh, in a specific project. Are the alternatives practical? Are they economical? 
if there are multiple factors that contribute to the result, can they be identified? And that was a problem that the Sharp One researchers were trying to tackle when they were looking at pavements. There's lots of different performance factors or characteristics that have to be considered and factored together. Are the factors measurable and testable? So lots of important considerations to determine whether to use a performance spec or not. Another consideration is how do we measure what we order? In traffic area, it might be time through the work zone. And we've seen more and more instances of both contractors and DOTs looking at advanced systems to measure how much time it takes to go through a work zone. So we have the tools today that we didn't have, say, 15 years ago. Worker safety could be based on an incident rate. Quality based on smoothness or IRI, which is an international roughness index or a measure of general rideability, if you will, from a user perspective. Pavement safety, skid resistance, time. Time can be considered a performance measure as well, and we're looking at it in that perspective for our project. And then perhaps some other, I would say, less quantitative areas, user satisfaction, some sort of a post-project performance evaluation survey. And that's something we're considering as part of a project index or a quality index. So there's lots of things to consider in putting together a performance spec. How do we know we got what we asked for? We have to have some kind of a test method to verify that. It has to be rapid and reliable from the standpoint of renewal. And the renewal goal is really there's a mantra that Federal Highway uses that says get in, get out, stay out. So if we're using that kind of an approach, we have to have tests that we can run quickly that are repeatable and make sense from an economic standpoint as well. What do we do if we don't get what we asked for? Well, a lot of agencies are looking at incentive disincentive strategies or pay adjustment systems for either quality or time or whatever other parameter you're looking at. Or some contracts have been structured, particularly design-build, having some kind of a shared risk contingency fund or an amount that would be applied to change orders to minimize the value of changes. So lots of ways you can look at applying incentive disincentive strategies, but certainly that's a part of what I'd call a performance, more of a performance-oriented system. In terms of our research, it's part of what's called Safety Lou, the new legislation, earmarked $150 million for rapid renewal and some other areas as well. Our particular area is renewal, so there's S, R, C, and R designations on the different projects that are coming in under the SHARP II program. Under renewal, the goal is to renew aging infrastructure through rapid design and construction methods. So we have a specific focus in applying a performance specification under our project, and that is to figure out ways to accelerate construction, to minimize disruption, and also produce long-lived facilities. So it's sort of, I would say, a challenging goal overall. To do that, we have to have an integrated approach to contracting. We have to look at both specs, contracting, and when you're looking at some of the more advanced contracts today, some of which we've heard in this conference both yesterday and today, you have to look at engineering, finance, contracting, and a lot of the different areas that apply to, say, a project. And generally, these apply to more complicated, larger projects. So from the perspective of this research, 
And I think a lot of the research coming out of NCHRP has more of an end result focus now in general. There has to be some kind of a benefit coming out of it, whether it's um, specific uh, measures you can apply to projects or something that, that is practical and useful. So our, our research as well uh, is trying to incorporate that, um, both in terms of, of benefits but also something that a DOT can use as a result of the research. Our team, um, we're, we're the, the prime in the sense that uh, we're sort of managing the rest of the team, but we have, a, as I mentioned, a diverse group uh, that includes both uh, consultants and also researchers, um, three different universities as well. There's something on the order of 35 of us on our team. So it's a $3 million five-year project, so it, it requires a lot of uh, coordination over the, over the different phases of the project. The timeline for the, for the overall research, as I mentioned, is five years. Uh, we're into the end of phase one and beginning phase two. And ultimately, we'll be starting phase three in 2010 and ultimately finishing up through the final phase, which is uh, scheduled to, to be completed in 2012. And I mentioned uh, that research should have some practical focus. Phase four of this, this process will be to go out to uh, two different DOTs and apply our specifications to some model or pilot project. So we'll actually have a demonstration project to to benchmark and to verify some of the results that we came up with. So that's, I think, an important part of it. Uh, but we're not there yet. Uh, thus far, we've done a literature review. We have a what I call a risk team doing a risk identification and mitigation process and looking at specifications. <coughs> so the first three tasks are part of phase one have been completed, and we've submitted a interim report at this point and developed a research plan for phase two. As part of phase one, uh, we came up with some baseline definitions which were more or less in line with uh, what the committee had set forth in the, in the problem statement. And ultimately, the term performance specification from our perspective is very broadly defined. Uh, it can include end result specs, warranties, design build performance specs, which are tangible uh, I would say products that are out there now in our contracts, performance-based maintenance contracts and, and various types of incentive contracting. So we've uh, looked at the state of practice, if, if you will, and collected a lot of information and data, which we have in a database now. <coughs> we've uh, looked at some of the baseline definitions. Uh, I'm not going to repeat them here. They come from older TRB research. Uh, we also have a definition from the Department of Defense and some other agencies outside of the transportation arena that we looked at to, to come up with what we think is a good baseline definition for performance specification. In terms of uh, the phase one findings and the state of practice, we found performance specs are most evolved for pavements. The, most of the research over the past 15 or 20 years has been in that area. Warranty specs for asphalt are, are fairly well developed. Uh, there's something called performance related specs for concrete has been out there and been piloted. It's less, um, I would say, prevalent or used for bridges, geotech, traffic control, and PR. That's not to say it's not out there. If you see some of the more recent design-build contracts, you will see uh, the term performance specs used for a lot of these areas, including bridges and geotech and, and many of the other 
I would call technical features of the project. But if you dig into them, you see that they're not as, I would say, developed. Uh, they, they don't allow as much in terms of innovation or alternatives that are a little more prescriptive. So we've seen that in some of the initial data that we've looked at. We've also identified some additional areas to, to research possible application in the area of environmental ITS systems and traffic management devices. So as part of phase two, we're going to look at that in our work groups as we go forward. One of the products of phase one also was uh, what we called matrices, where we looked at the different areas and identified user needs or goals and some performance parameters. Here are a couple for bridges. Uh, for example, load rating, deck geometry, approach alignment, um, international friction index in the area of comfort, smoothness, and noise, which are, are similar as well with pavement. And these, what I would call, are relatively high-level uh, parameters that go more to, to user, satisfying user needs or goals. And we also developed some, I would say, more technical areas as well uh, from an engineering standpoint. In terms of uh, the risk analysis, um, we looked at risks associated with performance specs, and in some sense, the risks tie into the contract method as well. So we have to take a look at that, along with our development of performance specs. There's limited understanding of predictive models that have been developed in the specification area, so that's a risk. Uh, another risk is selection of quality characteristics. What is what is what are you going to measure and test for? Uh, are they the right things to measure and test for? So that's an important risk area. The accuracy of your testing methods, the ability of the private sector to assume a performance risk, and that's certainly something we've seen in both the warranty area and design build as well. And also the, the willingness or the culture of the agency in terms of moving the responsibilities over to the private sector, both in the contracting area and in the and using the specific performance specifications. So those are some, some general risks that came out of our, our risk analysis of specifications. The possible ways to mitigate that risk are to improve the models that we use, the test methods, non-destructive test methods, using incentives and disincentives, alternatives to bonding. Bonding is a big issue, an economic issue that contractors have with let's say long-term maintenance or warranty type contracts using performance specs. And also using alternative delivery uh, in order to package the, the uh, contracts and to allow more freedom to innovate from contractors, more control over design. So that's something that has to be looked at closely in terms of the mitigation of uh, the use of performance specs. Future work, uh, I mentioned that eventually we're going to roll out pilots, but before that, we have some other tasks as well to assess the value of performance specs looking back and, and in a sense, trying to apply that moving forward based on, on some of the outcomes of our existing design-build projects and warranties and other areas where performance specs have been applied. So in a sense, we're trying to determine ultimately the best way to uh, apply these specifications for a particular project given the project characteristics. Under task five, we're, we're looking at measurement strategies, ultimately writing specs in different areas that, uh, as I mentioned before, set up, are set up in a matrix where we define user needs, the actual measurement parameters, the 
verification or test strategies and any gaps that there might be in the measurements or the verification or testing that may uh, make it less feasible for us to use a performance spec. And last but not least, uh, under future work, we're going to identify two states, as I mentioned, willing to participate in the validation and the piloting going forward. We'll probably be identifying those states in the next few months. <coughs> we also uh, are tasked to develop a selection tool to determine how performance specs can best be used uh, on a specific project, if you will, kind of a decision tool for, for going forward with using a performance spec in one area or not, and ultimately to outline and draft the specifications that we can apply to our pilot projects. Ultimately, we hope to come out with some kind of a guidebook or a specification, probably the best uh, way to describe it is a guide specification for performance, applying performance specifications in the industry. So obviously a big challenge. Uh, we'll keep you updated and posted as we go along. And if you want any more information, I can certainly share that this presentation with you or any other information. Thank you very much. Thanks,